0: What's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. You can find me on Instagram at realseanmccormick. McCormick. You can go to optimalperformance.com and find discounts to sweet biohacking gear, EMF blocking underwear, the highest quality cannabis CBD oil that I've ever had, my favorite Nootropics, and the legendary X3 bar, uh, which if you haven't picked up yet, man, you ought to pick it up because it is insane. It is the most effective exercise equipment you will ever purchase it will be the last piece of exercise equipment you ever purchase if you want to see my before and afters for what it's done to my physique go to real sean mccormick on instagram and you can follow along there before we jump into this episode and i introduce my guest i want to say a special thank you to blue blocks just in case you need to be reminded you can go to blueblocks.com and use the code opp for 15 percent off and a pretty wide array of products designed specifically to help you live optimal. They've got the Sleep Plus glasses, which is the orange tinted glasses that you use at night. You can use the Summer Glow to uh, use yellow tint for color therapy and also to block blue light, but you can wear them during the daytime. But a lot of us are online right now and a lot of us are basically staring at screens all day long. And so they offer the computer glasses. Uh, this would obviously wear while you're working. Uh, they've got a clear lens that typically filter down the visible blue light between 5 and 30 percent, depending on which pair of computer glasses you buy. Uh, most computer glasses filter out green or violet light, which is not emitted in great quantities from computer screens, which makes them not work very well in managing headaches. So where this comes in is when your eyes start to get tired and dry when you begin to get headaches from just staring at a screen all day these are clear lenses that help protect your eyeballs from those from that strain i think in 5 or 10 years we're going to it's going to be common knowledge that uh, blue and green light that we get from screens has screwed with a lot of people's circadian rhythm their sleep their ability to recover it's going to be known pretty widely that it's the source of a lot of angst for people in their health, especially uh, with eye strain. So go to blueblocks.com and and look at the different designs. They're actually cool looking. You know, there's a lot of blue blockers out there that are, uh, they just look lame and these don't. These are sweet. I get comments every time I wear them. Every time I do late night uh, coaching sessions or after dark podcast interviews, I wear them and uh, invariably my guests go, oh my gosh, what are those? And then I have to share with them. I say, hey, it's BlueBlocks." dot Also, a special thank you to Natural Stacks. Thank you for continuing to sponsor this show, this podcast. You know, there are essential nutrients that we all need. You know, it's pretty widely known that we all need vitamin C and we all need vitamin D to help our immunity, to help our vitality. And you can go to naturalstacks.com and pick up Twenty percent off if you use the code OPP20. You get twenty percent off your first online purchase. This is something that you should literally be taking every single day, and you can add magnesium to the mix there because you know nutrient levels uh, in our soil have led to you know poor nutrient density in the foods we eat. So you can get you do yourself a favor by taking a magnesium supplement. MagTech from Natural Stacks has four different types of magnesium, and it's really good. Like you can tell. Uh, that you've that you have all your minerals, that you have enough magnesium in your body, when uh, you you become more relaxed in the evening time, um, especially after, you know, like a hard workout, it's nice to replenish your body with with magnesium. So go to naturalstacks.com and use the code OPP20 for 20% off. On today's episode, we are joined by Udo Erasmus. Udo is the reason why you know what flaxseed oil is, basically. Uh, he's been an expert, a teacher, uh, a legendary health and wellness pioneer, acclaimed author, extensive educator. He has an incredible knowledge on a range of subjects like digestion, nutrition, mental health, presence, consciousness, emotional awareness, and natural living. Uh, he sold Over a quarter million copies of the books that he's written, including Fats That Kill, Fats That Heal, and this episode is really interesting. You know, uh, Udo and I disagree on nutrition to to a certain extent. Um, You know, I eat meat; I eat a fair bit of protein, animal protein, and um, and Udo comes from a little bit of a different background. But one thing that he really understands very clearly is the importance of getting the right oils in your body. Not damaged oils, not fried oils, not canola oils, but specifically omega-3 and omega-6 in the right ratio. Flax is an excellent uh, source of uh, these essential oils that actually help our bodies create more life. Your body knows what to do to it with, with the oils that you put in your body. Uh, in, in this episode, we cover a lot of cool topics, including uh, why you need six and three, why you need those oils uh, in optimal proportion. Uh, we talk about what kind of fats and oils you're actually consuming and how are they processed. We talked about uh, his idea of the optimal diet. We talk about how you can make your body stronger and, and fight viruses and why the mainstream media isn't promoting these healthy lifestyle considerations, I think the you know that's sort of obvious. Here are a couple of quotes from today's episode. Life knows how to make a body, provided you take responsibility to make sure enough of the right things land in it so that life can do its job. Quote, The worst thing that was ever invented to do to our food is to fry it. Uh, Udo knows his stuff. He's super opinionated, and um, he's earned the right to To educate all of us in in a really upfront, really open way, uh, he's also a, a really interesting guy, spiritual person, and you know has has identified his mission and executed toward that mission to help people live with more vitality. We also talk a little bit about MCT oil and how coconut oil is is basically um, lacking some of the most important elements in order for health. So in keto, you know a lot of us. Eat coconut oil or blend up coconut oil or MCT oil in our coffees, and which is fine, but uh, it's not. It's not all that. It's not. It's not all that. The, it, it lacks some some important things that we need. I really enjoyed this episode. I know you guys are going to get a lot out of it. Um, just a quick heads up. You know, eventually through the episode, I'm going to remind you one more time. Well, another time, uh, to opt into a beta test that we're doing. I'm working with some very sophisticated folks. And we're building something very cool that's going to bring a ton of value to you. But if you could have access to a personalized health optimization protocol uh, for free, if that sounds interesting to you and you want to have some custom content that's just for you, curated to the things that you are interested in, that you're trying to optimize in your life, well, send me an email. So I'll give a little reminder later in the episode. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Udo Erasmus. Uh, just kidding. One more thing: if you want to get access to a free ebook and free online course, go to Udo Erasmus u d o e r a s m u s dot com forward slash optimal. And we're here with Udo Erasmus, who is really the father of healthy oils. He's the author of the book of Total Sexy Health, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, and numerous others. Udo, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast.
1: Hey, let's see what we can do for an optimal performance here.
0: Yeah, well, let's let's. I like to start with the first question the same way for each of my guests, which is, what time is it where you are, and what have you put into your body?
1: It's two thirty, and I put into my body this morning some black coffee. I'm not a big coffee drinker, but my daughter is here, and she makes coffee. She makes a little. I drink the dregs. <laughs> So that's that, and I had a pear, and I had an apple, and I had a banana, and I had a little bit of bread.
0: Excellent, excellent. So your experience, your knowledge really... uh, uh, it spans across a lot of different disciplines, and one of the things that that I'm excited to talk to you is is a, is about a more holistic view of health, of wellness, even into spirituality and, and quality of life. But I but I want to start with sort of the core of what you're really really known for um, when it when it comes to oils. Um, how well, I'm a little surprised, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised that I didn't hear um, any sort of oil being consumed by you today. Is there a particular reason for that? Will that come later today? Or tell me about your consumption of oils. How do you like uh, to do it?
1: No, because I forgot to mention that I had some tahini with, with Udo's oil in it. <laughs> got it, got it. And I did that on purpose because when you eat carbs, you know, the carbs make your blood sugar go up and down quite, quite dramatically. But when you put peanut butter on bread, or you put oil or my tahini with oil, you put oil on it that actually stabilizes your blood sugar to a very large degree when you eat carbs. So if you eat white bread, let's say, stupid, but white bread, right? You'll get a pretty quick sugar swing. But when you put peanut butter on the bread, then it totally mellows it out. That's just something I just learned about a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I am 78 and I'm just starting to get started.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that attitude. But of course, we're not talking about uh, jiffy uh, peanut butter. When when you say peanut butter, you must mean uh, organic uh, peanut butter with, with a specific kind of oil,
1: right? Like, what sort of peanut butter would well, you eat? Well, particularly, I'm not a huge peanut butter fan. I, I like tahini, sesame seed, has good protein in it. That's the Turkish warriors. That was their tahini. Was their was their power. Their 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 muscle food, right? And they were pretty fierce people. So I like that. But the omega, the oil in it is just omega six oil, and omega three is actually uh, that actually gives you more energy and is too low in almost everybody's diet. So what I do is I pour off the tahini oil, the, the sesame oil. And I then pour in my oil and mix up tahini with Udo's oil. Uh, and, uh, and it's really good. Yeah, so that's, so that, that's the way I do it. Uh, so peanut butter, I would do the same thing with peanut butter. I would do the same thing with almond butter. I would do the same thing with sunflower butter because you can butter any seed you want. But if you want to get the best oils, then you got to have something with omega-3s. And the richest source of that is flaxseed oil, richest, affordable. So flaxseed oil, what we did is we made flaxseed oil plus sunflower plus sesame to get the ratio right because flax oil by itself can actually make you omega-6 deficient. And I became omega-6 deficient on it. That's why I went to a blend after I developed flaxseed oil. Oh,
0: interesting. Interesting. And and that blend balances the 6s and the 3s.
1: Yeah, you, would, you need more six than omega-3, uh, than, than flax oil has. Flax oil is the only commonly available seed and oil that has too little omega-6, hmm. and in that sense too much omega-3, because the balance between the two is really important. Both are essential, both need to be made with health in mind, and uh, omega-3s are five times more easily damaged, so they're much more sensitive. And you need to get get them both in the right ratio, so that one doesn't crowd out the others because they do some competitive interaction in the body.
0: Got it. Do you can can because I've never I've never had your oil. Um, is it uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> you got to change that
1: right now, right away. Yeah, yeah. Stop um, this program. Yes. <laughs> run out and get a bottle and let's continue. (laughs) Yeah. Well, describe,
0: describe to us its various uses. I mean, what you're, what you're talking about is like, you know, skimming oil off of other products and adding yours in. And, and I can, I can, for, for a guy like myself who eats um, mostly ketogenically, I think that you and I differ on, on animal, uh, animal protein. And, and and I, and I'd like to talk to that at some point today. Uh, But, um, but when it comes to adding in oil, um, yep. To to other foods that I like to eat and that a lot of other people like to eat, it really is like supercharging a lot of a lot of the food that that we we have this opportunity to supercharge our
1: food by using your oil. Can you tell us a little bit yep. about the uses? Oh, yeah, Fund- fundamentally, I would say uh, first of all, oils are the most sensitive of all of our nutrients. Omega six and omega three are essential. Essential means you can't make it from anything else in your body, so you have to get it. F- into the body from outside. Uh, you have to have it to live and be healthy. If you don't get enough, your health goes down. You get deficiency symptoms. They are degenerative in nature. They get worse with time. And if you don't get enough, long enough of any essential nutrient, and there's about 50 of those, you die. Mm. This, is like the, this is like the essential building blocks for body construction and and energy. Have to have them. If you're going down because you're not getting enough, but then you bring in and optimize your intake of the essential nutrients that are too low, then all of the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed because life knows how to make a body, provided you take responsibility to make sure enough of the right things land in it so that life can do its job, right? That's the only, and once you swallow it, you're no longer in charge. And life takes care, you know, digests it, absorbs it, transports it, you know, builds it into structures, changes it into other things. You know, you're not, you know, and while you're sleeping is doing all of that. So you're not in charge of any of that. Right here is where your power to make a body that works or to make a body that works optimally. Right here is where you make that choice most of the time. Mm -hmm. Breathing, of course, is also part of it. You know, sometimes... Sometimes uh, lowering your oxygen intake increases oxidation. Sometimes breathing more deeply gets you more oxygen. So there's things you can do with your breath for that. And then, but water and food, everything goes through here. This is where your choice ends. Yeah. And, and life will do the best it can with whatever crap <laughs> you choose to put here. Yeah. Or whatever, a good thing you choose to put here. Yeah. Right?
0: So how, so how can, I mean, can you cook with it, uh, add it, can you take a shot of it, can you slather it on your bald spot, can you use it for lube, like what what all? <laughs>
1: okay, so all of the above, but uh, you can do whatever you want, but the outcomes may, may, be, may differ. No, so what you do is the best way, in my view, because the oils always came from foods. So you eat the whole food, you make sure it's blended and, and ground up properly so that it's broken up so that your your digestive system can, can extract the nutrients in it, right? But you can also take, take the seeds and nuts if you balance them right, and you get some. I can't get optimum from doing that. That's why the oil makes sense. And nature's mandate is not optimum health. Nature's mandate is to recycle you when it doesn't need you anymore. So it wants you healthy enough to grow up, healthy enough to have kids, healthy enough to be there for the kids until they don't need you anymore, and then nature doesn't need you anymore either. You want to cheat nature, you might have to high-grade some of the the principles. Mm -hmm. Now, there are people who disagree with that, but I've tested it on myself. Even in summer, when I need less oil than in winter, I could not get my skin soft and velvety. From using, oil, from using seeds and nuts. So use the seeds and nuts, they're good food. They're good, they're, they're associated with longevity and they're associated with health. But if you can't get your skin soft and velvety, then tank up a little extra oil to get that done. Hmm. So, so, and then what does it do? Well, you know, they're they are the most sensitive to, they're damaged by light, oxygen and heat they need the most care. We give them the least care. We throw them in the frying pan. So one number one thing you don't do with Udo's oil is you don't put it in the frying pan. <laughs> in fact, I tell people, go get your frying pan, wherever you've got it. You know, everybody's got a frying pan in the house. Take it out. Turn it upside down. Hit yourself on the head with a heart <laughs> hard. So it's associated with pain because what you do in the frying pan will fry your health. Right And oils, particularly, they're the most sensitive. We throw them in the frying pan, watch them turn into smoke, where well, you know you've changed the molecules from natural to unnatural, you know, when you've turned oil into smoke. Hmm. right? And so um, so it's the worst thing we've ever invented to do to our food, is frying. And so my thing is, I say, look, oils are vindictive. They'll do to you what you do to them you take care of them they'll take care of you you fry them they'll fry your health hmm. right and when you fry foods all the black that you fry on the outside you know on the whether it's starch uh, or greens or a meat the the what you the, the color change on the outside is food that dried out then overheated and burned and that burnt food whether it's starch or protein or oils will increase your risk of cancer and inflammation, each one independent of the other two. Hmm. So frying is a really dumb thing to do for health. It's the worst thing we've ever invented. Worse than white sugar. Not much worse, but but worse. And so don't fry with oils. So whatever you're doing, if you look at what you're doing now, head in the direction of nature's mandate, Nature's mandate for every creature was fresh, whole, raw, organic, and mostly plant-based for us, right? That's nature's mandate. So where are you? Head in that direction. Every step you take away from that, has it will cost you something eventually in health and in performance. And every step you take back in that direction will get you, get you something back in terms of health and performance. Hmm. So and then you had, I think in your six questions that you all asked at the same time, <laughs> there was also, you know, what does it do? Well every cell needs it. So it improves the the function of every cell, whatever that cell is doing, whatever its function is, it'll improve that by maybe forty to sixty percent. Now we measured that in athletes and we had them do their sport to exhaustion before they started taking the oil. And then thirty days after they started taking it, we told them one tablespoon per fifty pounds of body weight per day, because this is not a supplement, this is your food oil foundation. And within thirty days, on average, their performance improved by forty to sixty percent. Wow. Just and we made them and we told them mix the oil in your foods, whatever you're eating goes in any food, but you don't fry it. But you can put it in hot soup and steamed veggies and so on. And um, um, so a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day mixed in food and the intake spread out over the course of the day. If you take a glob of oil too fast, then it'll your liver will kick up a fuss and you will then feel tired, heavy, or nauseous. That's your liver telling you, don't give me so much so fast. So if you spread it out, you run less of a risk to do that.
0: Can you, take, uh, can you just take it straight?
1: Yes, that question comes out of you not listening to what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, if you take it straight, and a lot of, a lot of athletes do it, yeah. it's okay if you take it straight unless your liver says don't do that. So what I've always recommended, put it in food because it enhances flavors and it improves the absorption of the oil soluble nutrients in foods. But a lot of athletes take it in globs.
0: Yeah.
1: Some of them said to them, like the the, the bodybuilders, weightlifters, you know, they say if I, when I take my glob which will be like three tablespoons of oil, they'll just well I I mean oil it has a texture that some people don't like and the taste is not that great. But, you know, some people love the taste, but some people hate the taste. So lose it, lose it in foods. If you do that, though, they say about 30 to 45 minutes later, they notice that they have more energy. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't do it that way. I was telling, you know, take it take a month to see what happens. Yeah.
0: Are these are these um, these athletes, uh, are they plant based or are they are they also pro, uh, animal protein eaters?
1: No, we we did. Uh, well, plants have protein in them. <laughs> Excuse me. No, <laughs> no, I know. Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, no, these were these were just athletes doing different sports, and we had them doing strength sports and endurance sports: cyclists, runners, boxers, cupera, cupuera. Yeah, yeah right. Nice. Uh, you know that thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, martial artists. Uh, we had bodybuilders, weightlifters. I mean, we, we did all kinds of sports. We worked with. Football players, they said their injuries healed in a third to a half the time. Wow. They said their joints didn't hurt. They had less, less joint problems, which is a huge thing for athletes, right? Because your joints are the weakest part. Right. And you torque them and you get them screwed up really fast. So they said they had more flexibility, less pain, uh, um, and just, just their joints just just function better. It's like oiling your, oiling your joints from within. Yeah, but not with W thirty. <laughs>
0: right,
1: but with omega threes, W three and W six. Nice.
0: <laughs> uh, I wanted to share this with you. Uh, I, I did an episode uh, with uh, an expert in fertility, and mm-hmm. when we were having a conversation about. Um, um, fertility practices, family planning, we were talking about lube for, uh, sexual activity. And he suggested to me that canola oil is the preferred method of lubrication for intercourse. And I said, wait a minute, you didn't just say canola oil. And he said, yep, it's the best. And I said, and he stuck by it. That's insane, right? That, that doesn't make any sense.
1: No, I'll tell you what does make sense. Um, Women, when they get older and their estrogen goes down, they don't get lubed very well sometimes. And what you can do is you can give them omega-3s and they will improve that situation. Hmm. In particular, uh, flax seeds, so omega-3s, but you're also getting mucilage and they have phytoestrogens, and flax ha, this is in the seeds now, not so much the oil. In the seeds, there are phytoestrogens, they're called lignans, and flax has more lignans, more than a hundred times more lignans than the next highest source, hmm. one, of, one of which is sesame. And the lignans are phytoestrogens, so what they'll do is they'll lower estrogen that's too high, Many, many women get estrogen-related problems from too much estrogen. And that comes from lifestyle, but it also comes from pesticides and, and certain chemicals and, and uh, called xenoestrogens. So they lower high estrogen when it's too high, and then after menopause, when estrogen goes down, they will raise it. So they will actually balance your estrogen, either which way. And people after menopause have told me that the lubrication issue for them was majorly improved mm. by by using flax seeds, flax oil. Who knows what?
0: Oh, that's cool. That must that must it must be great to hear. I know that that's that's a that's got to be an embarrassing and frustrating issue to have. That's that's really great.
1: Now, at the other end, at the other end of the lubrication, yeah, <laughs> is is the baby, and the and the omega threes particularly. Every cell needs them, most 99% of the population doesn't get enough. And women, when they're pregnant, have to maintain one brain and build another. And they not only they, they have to get, the, get more oil because of that, they also have to convert it, and they're quite good at converting it into the, 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 f- the flaxseed oil, the omega-3s from plants into the omega 3s from fish like dha which is required for brain function and they do the conversion very well much better than men cuz men never get pregnant so that's not an issue but because women don't most women don't get enough omega 3 in their diet what happens is every child depletes them a little more than the previous child each child going down from the oldest to the youngest has a less well-formed brain and is less intelligent on average wow yeah. Women, women when they get depleted, they start to have more depression, more fibromyalgia, more chronic fatigue, more collagen and inflammatory and autoimmune diseases. And then they have what they call baby brain, right? It's like women, if they get depleted, then they start forgetting what they were doing. Of course, they're multitasking, so it's easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better than we are, right? But what the researchers said, they said, They think that women get those conditions two to 15 times more frequently than men. And the reason they get them so much more than men do is because of the depletion of omega-3s during childbearing. And so their recommendation is women need to get a a reliable source of both essential fatty acids, both for their own health and the health of their children. The kids we 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 call them Udo babies. You know, I I'm I've been to 40 countries, so I I have contact with people in many places. They send me baby pictures. We call them Udo babies, and the joke is, well, um, you know, this this is an Udo baby. I was not in the bedroom, but I was in the kitchen. <laughs> I was in the kitchen, and they, and they those children tend to be born more alert. They show exploratory behavior uh, more er, earlier and that's considered a sign of higher intelligence before intelligence tests can be administered to measure the number and that's really been consistent they they like they really bright-eyed kids wow and i had a stack of those those uh, photos they would send me oh that's so cool And then we call them Uda babies.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's great! Yeah, you can you can tell um, you can tell when a baby, uh, I mean, couple weeks, couple months old, you can tell the difference between a baby who's alert and looking around and focusing on things, and and a baby who's not.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and fundamentally, when babies are are not very intelligent, they take less interest in their surroundings. Yeah, it's very quite consistent.
0: Yeah. Uh, So let's talk about MCT oil. Um, in the biohacking world, in the optimal performance world, um, especially within, you know, the, the, the ketogenic approach, you know, the, the popularity of MCT oil. I mean, I feel like just like – and there's a couple of people who are kind of responsible for, for pushing it. But it seemed like overnight it just went from what the heck is it to it's everywhere. Uh, and then there's, you know, extra, extra, extra 10x MCT oil. And, uh, and so it's obviously it's really popular and people are using it in their coffees and so forth. Um, tell us your thoughts on, on MCT oil before we get Udo's impressions on MCT oil and why they're not as cool as we think they are. I just wanted a quick reminder, just one quick thing. If you want access to the first version, the beta test for free to take part in, um, an optimization platform. We're actually toying with different names here. But if you want custom information directly to you, if you would like protocols and access to special offers, if you would like uh, specific protocols to get the most out of your life, totally optimized and customized to you, we need people like you to say, yeah, that sounds cool. I'll get into that. Yeah. All you got to do just like while this is still playing, just send me a quick email. Just say I'm in in the subject line You can say hi if you'd like, but just say, I'm in in the subject line. Send me an email, sean at seanmccormick.com and just say, I'm in. That way I will have your email address and I will include you in this first version. Eventually it will be paid, but we want to make sure that We get this thing dialed in and we need people like you to participate so that we can grow this and and make this into something incredible. I I, I am so excited to bring this to you and uh, I'm working with really, really cool people who are helping me uh, build this out for you. So send me an email in the subject line, say I'm in and then uh, we'll include you. So stand by, get ready. Okay, now back to why MCT oil is not as cool as you
1: thought it is. Well, first of all, MCT oil is not a new thing. I've been doing. I've been working with oils for 38 years. And about 15, 10 or 15 years ago, MCT oils for a short time were were very popular. But here's the thing: you do not need MCTs in your diet. They are this. They are not essential nutrients. They're fuel, right? They're fuel, and in certain conditions, they can be. Relatively useful for liver function because they're metabolized different than they're metabolized more like carbohydrates than usually fats are metabolized. They they will give you energy because they're fuel. Fats are fuel, no doubt about it. Uh, but the keto diet, you know, uh, you have to separate the hype from the science. The hype is best thing ever. And what, what happens when you get uh, oil in your diet, you get stable energy, you don't get the blood sugar swings. All oils have that in common, essential or non-essential. And that can be helpful. You do the coffee to get the, to, to increase your metabolic rate, and then you have the fat to burn. But they, and, and then they lose weight a lot of that is water loss, not fat loss, because carbohydrates make you retain water. Mm. So you get slight inflammation and a little bit of water retention, and whether that's a good or bad thing is a a whole other story that will take another 90 minutes. Uh right? But but it's not sustainable from a health perspective, not sustainable. And why? It's very, very simple. You do not need MEMCTs not butter, not coconut, not olive oil. You don't need omega-9s. Your body can make all of that stuff out of sugar and starch. The only thing from fats, from the entire universe of fats and oils that you need is omega-3s and omega-6s, not damaged, made with health in mind, not full of pesticides and balanced in the right ratio. And we even put them in glass because plastic leaches into oil quicker than into water. And plastic gets you inflammation in the body and water retention in the body. So that's not good either. So if you're going to do a keto diet, and, and by the way, let me tell you one story before. You know, when we started working, everybody was running races on carbs. And so they would carb load for two or three days before the race, and then they would run on carbs, But there's a limit to what you can do on carbs because you can only do a pound of glycogen or animal starch made out of carbs in your liver and your muscles. And you run on the race, and those carbs are gone at around mile 20 in a 26-mile race. And so people would always hit the wall. Like in the old days, you didn't get to eat while you're running. Now you can drink sugar drinks and stuff. But you couldn't do that. You were not allowed to do that. So they would hit the wall at, at mile 20, and then they would drag their ass because you've got, as long as carb burning is turned on in your body, fat burning is turned off. And carbs turn off fat burning. So fundamentally, what these people were doing when they carb loaded, they were turning off fat burning. So now they're running on carbs. Carbs are gone at 20. Your fat's, fat burning is not turned on, because it was turned off the whole, until mile 20 and it takes time to get the fat burning going. So they would drag their sorry butts the last six miles on the race. And we said to them, hey guys, you're doing it wrong. You're completely doing it wrong. What you need to do is you need to carb deplete Hmm. before the race. You want your fat burning to be turned on full bore, and you want to run the entire race on fats. Why? Because if your body fat is 8% and your normal weight You have enough fat in your body if you burn half of it to run 300 miles. Hmm. So we said carb deplete and run the race on fats. And if you want to be really smart, then tank up on omega-3s and 6s, but especially omega-3s, because they actively turn on fat burning. I call them the fat burning fire starter. And you get this extra 40 to 60% energy from them because they're, they love oxygen and they improve oxidation and, and metabol, metabol, you know, metabolism, oxygen metabolism, energy production. right So he said, okay, so carb deplete, run the race on fats and see what happens. Hmm. And not everyone would do it because it was so out of the box. This is like ni- 1980s, right? 1980, well, early 90s, basically. And uh, the ones who did it, they came back and they said, wow, that was awesome after I finished the, the marathon, I felt like I had enough energy to run another one. <laughs> and if you want to do stamina for sports, you gotta do them on oils. You gotta do them on And for the human body, fat has always been the main fuel. You could weigh you know, you could have three hundred pounds of fat in your body and you could run six thousand miles on it. Right? That's how much how much how much energy that is concentrated energy right? And carbs, you never get more than about 20 miles. Huh. And so anything that is, is stamina-related, you got to do on fats. Now, the keto diet will work if you make it the corner point of that diet, omega-3 and omega-6, undamaged in the right ratio, in, these, in the right amounts. Hmm. Because those you got to have. And, and the reason why people who do... do uh, keto diets don't talk about that. It's because they want something that is stable. They want something they can shove under your bed and not have to take care of. Ah. So it takes a lot of care because these omega-3 and 6 are perishable. Omega-3 is so perishable, five times more sensitive than omega-6. And so you need then, you need to refrigerate them, you protect them from oxygen, protect them from light. You know, we... uh, we developed, I developed the method for doing that. So basically, from the time the oil is in the seed, the omega-3's in the seed, to the time it's in a brown glass bottle, in a box to cut out the light, nitrogen flush to cut out the oxygen, in the fridge to cut out the heat. Through the pressing, the the settling, the filtering, the filling, you have to make a system where no light, no oxygen, and and no heat. Mm damage the oil painstaking
0: yeah it sounds like it
1: <laughs> painstaking but you know what the payoff yeah yes the yeah. reason why we're having this this interview is because I was willing to take the care that it takes yeah to give the oils the care they need in order for them to take care of you yeah and and if you want to cut corners you don't want to be working with omega-3s and I decided, because I got poisoned by pesticides, I was sick. I decided I can't get healthy on these damaged oils because in a tablespoon of the usual cooking oils, if it's 1% damaged, which is about the ballpark, you get 60 quintillion damaged molecules, which is, which is more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells in Ugh. one spoon. And most people use two, or two to four every day and then they fry them on top of that and mess them up even more and down the road after a year, 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years they get cancer or they get some inflammatory arthritic diseases or whatever and they say i don't know why i got this i always ate good because they didn't know because the industry never told you how damaged are the the liquid oils wow. that are no the the keto diet on on uh, coconut and and butter isn't as damaged, because that's mostly saturated fats. But you're not getting the essential fatty acids, omega-3 and omega-6, that you need. Yeah. And omega-6 oils that you get on the shelf are partially damaged enough to, to create problems in health. So there's always two issues. which What kind of fat and how was it processed? Those are the two issues every time you look at a fat, you gotta ask yourself those two questions, right? And when it comes to the really good fats, they gotta be made with a ton of care. Yeah. And if you put Udo's oil in your coffee instead of coconut or whatever, you get even more energy. Yeah. Because you're getting the coffee jazz, right? Yeah. yeah. And you're also getting the omega-3 jazz.
0: Does it, uh, does it froth up really nice with a frother or blender? Does it, does it, do you get that? Oh, no different. Yeah, cool. No different. Can you uh, – I have a couple of questions. Um, I'll try to parse them out. Uh, can you overdo it? Can you overconsume um, three and six?
1: Yes and no. <laughs> no from the perspective that if you eat more omega-3s than you need, your body turns them into fuel and burns them off. And you might get a little hotter – because you're creating heat while you're burning the oils. And, and no is because, is because of that. You know, you could, I mean, if you drowned in a bathtub full of Udo's oil, you know, so you could die, right? But in terms of, what, what'll happen is if you, if you take too much oil, too much fat, this is true for fats generally, if you eat too much fat, your liver has to process the fats. And your liver will let you know when you reach your, your maximum and that'll be different for different people depending on how used you are to oils and how well your liver is dealing with them and when you get tired heavy or nauseous after eating fatty meals it's your liver saying you need to you need to slow it down you need to spread it out more and that's why we don't do the glob of oil right yeah so so that's that's the overdoing but in terms of they're not toxic you know, and and fundamentally, if you have if you get something, if you get too some too much of something, and it just turns into f- into fuel and gets burned off, that's a pretty good safety mechanism. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you eat too many carbs, what happens there is they turn on fat production, and then if you don't burn them, you're going to wear them. Right. Them fat. Right. Carbs, I call carbs undeclared fats for that reason.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Uh, so before the before the process of processing um, flax as the as a sort of you know uh, primary or, or or optimal source, uh, yeah. how how did we how did we evolve consuming? I mean, how, how did how did we get these sources of three and six before um, before the refinement process that that we understand now?
1: There's a very small amount of omega three in all green foods. But there's only 0.1% fat in the green food. So you get very small amounts. Uh, the You get a little bit in walnuts. You get a little bit in soybeans. You get a little bit in rapeseed, or what's now called canola. You find more in the north than in the south. Like, for instance, if you go to northern Saskatchewan, which is a flax-growing region, hmm and you compare what you get in south dakota which is also gross flax so you have i don't know i don't know how many miles that is but it's a it's a good day's drive probably yes. right you can go for, in the north you'll have 63% omega 3 in a flax seed 63% of the fat is omega 3 but in south dakota that same seed will only turn you into 45% so you're talking about like a twenty percent difference, wow, just by the northerliness of where the thing was grown. So you want high omega threes, you get them from northern northern Canada, and you. But they, but they, you know, there and and there are there are certain foods in everywhere, even in the tropics. There's like something called kukui nut, and its oil is thirty percent omega three, and it has a really hard shell. In fact, they used to drill holes in it and take out the meat, and then polish the shells and they were black and they would make necklaces out of them. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, the cuckoo nut stuff has omega threes in it. Psyllium seed. You know, we use psyllium husk for bowel regularity, but the psyllium seed is a food in India, and the psyllium seed has oil in it, and the oil is 30% omega threes. So there are, there are sources of omega-3s, but they're not widespread in either the north or the south. Omega-6s are everywhere. Omega-3s, much less. And then, of course, northern animals, so that includes the fish, the seals, the whales, uh, there's, there's omega-3 derivatives in those animals, hmm. right? Got it. And, but in, but in, the, in the meat animals like beef and sheep, and then, you know, moose, elk, deer, uh, and many of the, the ungulates from the, the two-hoofed animals that you find in the, in the, the steppes, buffalo and uh, spring bark and, you know, gazelles and all those, they actually break down the omega-3s in grass in their stomach by bacteria they have in their stomach. Horses and zebras, on the other hand are omega three animals. And you notice when they run, you know, horses are flight animals, zebras are flight animals. They, they, right. They can run a lot faster than oh, the younger.
0: Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. I've never, yeah. I never, never thought about that. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Cool. Uh, so I I'm curious, you know, I I've done, I've done interviews with, you know, uh, paleo experts keto carnivore you know if if we've and and it's 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 actually it's 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 really cool pleasure of mine to be able to speak to so many different people who have Mm -hmm. spent so much time in their life to to dedicate to the research to the uh experimentation with these different dietary approaches yeah to you udo what is what is the optimal what is the optimal diet
1: well, there's a, there's a way to look at it. One is well, there are two ways to look at it. One is through science, through research, and the research now is pretty clear. You want the longest life and the healthiest life. You do it on a whole food, plant based diet, and it helps if you if you if it's fresh, whole, raw, and organic. Okay, and then um, yeah, so it's basically f- fresh, whole, raw, organic, mostly plant based. Now we weren't necessarily always vegan by birth. That's why we need vitamin B12 when we're on a vegetarian, on a, on a completely vegan diet. If you look back in history, you know, you look back uh, 12,000 years is when we started domesticating animals and getting on the higher animal product diet, which is hard on the environment, but it's also hard on our health. If you add just dairy or just eggs, or just fish, or just fish, by the way, is now the dirtiest meat on the planet, because all the dirt goes downhill into the ocean, and if it's fat-soluble, it ends up in the animals that have the most fat in the ocean, and those are the fish that we eat, like salmon and and tuna and like all of those, right? Uh, so, if um, – where was I going here? Um we didn't we, uh, we didn't yeah. Have, yeah. so so that was ten thousand years ago, twelve thousand years ago, maybe when agriculture started. Before that, human beings were around for two hundred thousand years. but the ancestors of human beings, if you go down two million six million years ago, the monkeys, most of the monkeys that are our straight ancestors, are plant eaters, and whether you're talking about chimps or bonobos. Or, or bonobos, or gorillas, or orangutans. They eat mostly leaves. Eat some fruit, but they eat mostly leaves. And in those leaves, of course, you get worms. That was their animal part of their <laughs> diet. So it a little bit of, you know, what we did, even in grains, when we ate grains, there were worms in the grains and insect eggs in the grains, until we sanitized it. Right. And now we don't get that. So. So the idea that, that we are either just meat eaters or just plant eaters doesn't, you know, and when we were in survival mode, because when we had rocks to hunt with, we didn't come home with animals all that often, right? I, I grew up partly on a farm without electricity. We went hunting with rocks. I never brought anything home <laughs> in, like, in like two years. Now, I might if I'd have been doing it for 30 years, I might have got a little better at it. But the standard is that plants don't run away. They don't fight back. They're easy to hunt down and kill. So if you don't come home with meat, then you eat vegetables. Right? So so that's, I would say, heading in that direction. And when you look at the, the foods that are the best food, it's always based on fruits and vegetables. It's always the biggest part. When you talk about... Um, uh, paleo diets, there's no real definition for a paleo diet because anybody can come up with anything to claim, oh yeah, this is the way people used to eat in the past. And there were meat eaters in the past too, right? Because there were herds of of animals on the, in Africa and you know in North America, buffalo and stuff. So there were some tribes who ate more more animal food, but not bacon in the morning and then sausages at lunch and then steak at night every day. Because they didn't have keeping qualities, they didn't have refrigeration. So when they had a kill, they ate they ate the meat, ate it pretty fast because it spoils in days, right? If you don't have a way to deal with it, unless you put it in a snowbank. In winter you could you know, but you can't put it in the snowbank in July. Right, <laughs> right. right. And keep it over winter. Right? it doesn't work like that. So so they and but the vegetables were there all the time. So you, you have to look at it just from a practical point of view. I think I think human beings ate a lot of plants. By the way, in in some of the African places, they were eating more than 100 grams of fiber a day. We're told we should have 30, and average intake is like more like 15, right? 100 over 100. Grams of fiber a day. You have to be eating a lot of vegetables for that.
0: Yeah,
1: and they get no, they get virtually no colon cancer, no digestion problems. Hmm. And so there's like you know, and what happens to your digestive system happens to your body because everything in your body came out of your digestive system, and then got rearranged. Right, you ate something, it got digested, and then the pieces got absorbed, and then they got put together by your genetic program into your eyeballs or your ears or your nose hairs or whatever it is, your teeth, right, your bones, your muscles, right? Everything that your body is made of came in through the digestive system except for air, Hmm. right? So digestion is very central, very central to health. In in fact, your digestive system is more important than your brain. We, We like yeah, and why, I see that. There's some jellyfish that are 250 million years old. They've been around for a long time. They got no brain at all. They have a really good digestive system.
0: <laughs> right? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. You know, I I I'm not an expert. Um, I I just I'm a curious person, and and um, I'm as as you're explaining this to me, I I'm tracking with it. And I'm also hearing what uh, the conversations that I've had with, with, with other experts in nutrition, um, who who explain you know the justification against fiber, and you know I'm talking about like Sean Baker, Dr. Paul Saladino, these nose to tail carnivore guys, and I'm also thinking about like Rob Wolf, who explains that the the myth of um, um, um animal farming done in a regenerative way being a detriment to um to the environment. In fact, monocropping, everybody agrees that monocropping is a bad idea. Can't do it. Just it pesticides, yep. no, no, absolutely not. It's just destroying our, our topsoil and mm-hmm. killing off insects. But when it comes to recovering soil, when it when it comes to um it, Returning nutrients back to the soil, you know, responsible animal husbandry, responsible nose-to-tail animal consumption, mm-hmm. in addition to um, pesticide-free vegetables, preferably raw. Um, is there? They? I just. I did. I as you explained to me, I I hear them, and I and I wonder about whether or not you've engaged in, in conversations with with that sort of idea. That okay, here we are now, right? We can't go back. We can't go back hundreds of years. We have to. We have to start with a solution now. How can we use regenerative farming techniques? How do we diversify our crops um, right. in a way that will that will in, that will recover the topsoil? I don't know. Um, is it something that you've that you've thought much about?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Because it, it's all it's all very interesting to me. I love nature and I love life and I love like I can never get enough of it. So I'm always. Yeah. A- I, what, gee, I oh, yeah. So I get to hear all of it. I'm open to all of it, right? Regenerative animal husbandry is better than just leaving the land with nothing on it and having it turn into a desert. But is not nearly as regenerative for putting carbon into the ground hmm. as diverse plants, especially. Diverse kinds of trees. Hmm. Uh, but the second thing is that when you talk about wasting soil, one of the biggest wastes of soil is not the issue of trees and animals. What it is is that we grow plants on the soil, and the plants take up maybe 20 minerals out of the soil. And we eat the plant, and then we take a dump and flush. The, the remains of the plants into the ocean where and we get really good topsoil at the bottom of the ocean when what we need to be doing is we need to be returning the waste to the land yeah and having the land recycle them and grow better crops that means you know and I I have this joke I say well you know we 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 did it wrong we cook our food and then we Dump our waste in the ocean. We should actually eat our foods raw and cook our poop. <laughs> Here's a you know a, a, a pot of poop on the stove. I mean I don't mean like that, but the idea that you sterilize it so that you don't have parasites because that's an issue too, right? Right. When you take raw sewage on the land and and they have parasites from people who have parasites. Well, then they end up on the land, they end up on the food, and then parasites get around. So what you need to do is sterilize the wastes and return them to the land that they belong to. Mm -hmm. And then you have sustainable agriculture. Right now, I've just seen it again, David Attenborough, you know, who is probably the the most famous but also maybe the most heartfelt uh, biologist. He's 95 now, right? And I just watched him, and he was saying, you know, Uh, there's about 60 years of topsoil left. Right. And I think it's a third of all the land we can grow anything on, or maybe two-thirds. I can't remember the the exact number now. But a huge amount of it is under agriculture, and we're taking topsoil away, 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 away. Whether you grow animals or plants, the amount you eat, you're taking whatever is minerals in there belongs to the land. Right. And, and in terms of sequestering carbon and dealing with the carbon dioxide and the climate change issues and the, you know, holding heat in, in the planet, the best way to get to drive carbon into the soil is through root systems of plants. Right. The animals won't do that. They'll, they'll, leave, a, they'll leave, leave a dollop on the, on the meadow right? And then you, some grass will grow and a couple of little things will grow on it and they'll put a little bit of carbon into the soil through their root system. But trees do that so much better. Right. So so there is a place for regeneration where animals are better than no animals. But it's only better with animals if there are no plants or mm-hmm. if there's grass plants, right? So, so in a way, it's a you know you always have to ask, you have to ask yourself what's the agenda of the person who's making the statement right what's the agenda well you know the the cattle ranchers will 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 eventually come around to talking about the regenerative benefit of grazing cattle on the land sure because because they have to make a case for themselves right but they're not making the they're making the case against desert they're not making the case against trees. Ah, uh, yeah, I see
0: that. I see that.
1: And, and and the same thing, you know, is either people say stuff because it's they have an agenda, they're selling something, they have a position. Sometimes it's philosophical, sometimes it's financial, and they don't really want to do a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Whatever's convenient is the second, probably the second biggest deal. And you need to weigh that, even in the way science is done. Got to, these days, you've got to ask who funded the research. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because in the area that I'm most competent in, fats, there are people who get, get uh, grants from the fish oil industry. Right. And as a result, they'll always put in a good word for the fish oil industry. Right. And they'll say things like, oh, the body can't convert plant oils into fish oils. It's not true. The research says different, but they'll say that, and then that becomes a moniker in the mar- marketplace because they're benefiting from getting the grants. And they're then, you know, it's or another example, you know, nobody's talking about what you can do for corona to make your body stronger. Right, Yeah. And so, for instance, there's, uh, uh, what, vitamin D and vitamin C and quercetin, and zinc, and you know we're talking about essential nutrients versus an essential nutrient, but it's a bioflat, right? So we're talking about things you can do to make your body stronger. But on mainstream media, they don't talk about that. No. Why not? Because most a lot of their support comes from the pharmaceutical industry, that gives you stuff for symptom suppression, but never fixes a problem. Right. But your body was always made out of food, water, air, and light. Mm-hmm. That's all that was required right. before the pharmaceutical industry. Now, all of a sudden, somebody could patent strange molecules and make money on them, and all of a sudden, drugs became important. And then the mainstream media make 30 to 70% of their income from pharmaceuticals. So they're going to put in a good word sure. or they're not going to put in a bad word for them. And the same thing is true for genetically modified and engineered foods. And the same thing was once true for DDT and other pesticides that right. were extremely unhealthy for tobacco, for alcohol. You know, the truth is alcohol, even a drop of alcohol is a poison. Yeah. Right. And, they, and then they do they do studies where they set them up like if you understand how to do a study and you know enough about the nature of things you can create a study to prove anything you want right and so if you're so if you're devious in your mind then you will do devious research yeah only time the only time when you can do good research and set it up properly is if you really just want to know and you have nothing riding on it yeah or you feel so complete and so whole and so happy and so content that it doesn't matter what the outcome is. You just want to know the truth.
0: I, I heard someone say recently that there are very few scientists, but there are many, many researchers with conflict of interest. And so Out. when, when they, when they say, well, the science shows, the science shows, it's like, that's not yeah. science. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a massive conflict of interest. To tell a story that drives a yeah. bottom line. And and yeah. unfortunately, uh, we don't understand that. And we we there's no money to be made in breath work, right? There's no money to be made in in uh, uh, sunbathing, right? It's
1: just not not a thing. Yeah. But how how about this? Life loves your body unconditionally and gets paid nothing for it. Yeah. And And never complains, never goes on strike, never takes a day off. Even if you complain about hating your life, it still takes care of you. Yeah. Its only agenda is to do the best it can. And you are its only project, like the life within you. Its only project is to take the best care of you that it can. Maybe that's where you need to go for your wisdom. Maybe you need to sit still enough or go in a tank long enough that you you know that you actually completely relax into your own life and then you begin to have insights and realizations that can be very at odds with what you're told by the social system and 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 frankly the expert your expert on life is your life so why aren't you going inside for the answers and why are you always Borrowing people's answers from the outside. And if those answers are good, they had to go inside to find those answers. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, well said. And then then besides all of that, uh, some people say the science shows when there is no science showing anything. Oh, yeah. They're not only screwing up the studies. They're actually completely lying that there are any studies.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And, And that's usually done in the in the service of somebody making a ton of money on some technological innovation that they can own because most normal people don't understand those technologies. And then they make a ton, a ton, a ton of money on it. At the expense of health or life. And when you and when you, people do that, then you gotta say, well wait a minute. What makes this planet special? Oh yeah. It has life on it. Oh, maybe care for life is the purpose. You know, because this is the treasure on the planet. And so everything including money ought to be put in service of life. Not that somebody's sitting on a hundred billion dollars or 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 less or more that they're never gonna spend, that they don't need, that if they're discontent they will use to do damage. Right. Maybe if they weren't discontent, they would just have people build live better lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you if you had an extra billion dollars, maybe you should buy maybe you should start building buckyballs and uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. right instead of living, spaceships. Living in geodesic domes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and, or you know, planting the seven Point five trillion trees that we've knocked down in the past 100,000 years. Mm, we have yes. the one quarter of the trees that we had 100,000 years ago. And we broke them down to make salt, and we broke them down to make ships, and we broke them down to, you know, bad management and forest fires and to make spears so that we could then push through people's chests. And <laughs> yeah, like, what were you thinking?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Do you, do you think, and, and we're kind of getting here towards, towards the end of the conversation and I, and I have a final, a final question coming up and I want to know where people can get a, can get of you too. But before we kind of take this home, do you feel like we are in a crisis? Do you feel like we're in a coming of age moment where we, we write the ship and figure this thing out? Like uh, w-
1: where, where are we
0: right now in the world?
1: Well, you don't have to ask me. You know we're in a crisis. Everybody knows we're in a crisis. Climate's a crisis. Is existential,
0: nature- Is existential? I guess, is where I'm going with that. Is it an existential crisis?
1: Of course, of course. If we don't change course, we, we will remove ourselves from the planet. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about it. So look at what's go happening in the environment. So nature's getting, we've messed up nature big time. And some people deny it, but honestly, it's crazy. We we make what is it? It's only three percent of all the animals on the planet are not human. Huh? Yeah, except except the food animals we raise, but I mean in terms of wild animals. Yeah, only three percent. Huh? Used to be a hundred percent until we came along, right? So, so w- it, we're screwing it up in nature. We're screwing it up in politics. We're screwing it up in relationships, right? And we're screwing it up in our own healthcare, and we're under pressure to change in every direction. And of course, there's momentum in institutions that don't—that's—that's that's hard to change. But we know, guys, especially you—I mean, me—I'll be—I'll be out of here within 30 years, right? But you're going to be sitting—you're going to be sitting in it for maybe longer than that. Hmm. Right? And the young people are very clear that it can't go the way it's going. And I can I can tell you I I was born during a war so I started thinking about these things when I was six years old, and uh, you know because the war was horrendous, you know we you know COVID is bad, but when the communists are chasing you in tanks and trucks and shooting at you and the allies are shooting at you from planes, and you're in the crossfire and you're just a refugee on a on a horse drawn hay wagon, mother with children under six, right? And they're shooting at you, using you for target practice. It's intense. Hmm. It's intense. So I got my nose rubbed in how bad it can get very early. And so I, all my life, I've thought about this kind of stuff. How how can we live in harmony together? I'm going to find out how. I figured when I was six years old, I was going to find out how. So here's what the, the core of the issue is. Everything we do, is an expression of what I call our state of being or our state of emotion, right? That's who you are in your own experience. So when you're angry, you lash out, right? That goes with that state of emotion. You're fearful. If you're fearful, you'll hide. That goes with that state of emotion. If you feel unconditionally loved because you're in touch with your life and in complete peace, because you're in touch with the awareness where your peace lives. And it's in every human being built into our nature. When we do that, then our expression will be to build a world where love and peace matter. Okay? And the the love and peace are the starting point, not an outcome. Starting point for me starting point for you starting point for each individual and then our life becomes an expression of that state of being we will not fix what needs to be fixed if we have the same stupid discontent state of being that we had that created that in the first place mm. so they ha- so the work all the work to change it begins not with greta thunberg i love her I I love that teenage energy, you know, given given the adults the finger. (laughs) I, I like that, but that's not the solution. The solution is that we reconnect to the magnificence of our own being and then live that magnificence into the world. Because you know, Einstein said you can't fix a problem at the same level that you were at when you when you created it. He was saying this. So, what is the state of being that you need to embody for you to be a solution to those problems, where you're not always bitching about your politics and bitching about your relationship and bitching about why why your 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 good foods are not so convenient, or bitching about why your environment isn't fixing itself. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So, So it begins with us. It begins with us as individuals. And we are the force on this planet that is responsible for what they call the sixth extinction. We are responsible for a lot. Obviously, there are other influences, too. But, you know, the most powerful influence is always the one closest to you. So, you know, the fact, you know, the fact that Mars is in, in whatever sun sign way out there is one thing. But, they, but the truck that's shaking, shaking my sidewalk because it's so big, right? That's got, that has more effect on me. And what I'm living out of has the greatest effect on me. My power is within me and my power to go in whatever direction. I have choice in my life to do that. And it's really important that we don't follow the experts, but we get in touch with life, because that's the expert. Mm-hmm. That knows to unconditionally love creation and what's on this planet. Absolutely. So that's 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 where the that's where the work is. It's all homework. It's to yeah. begin with all homework. And then yeah, you could plant some trees, you know, but but it's 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 deeper. Then just planting a bunch of trees, and then somebody else comes along and they roots them up again, and you know, because that's what we've been doing to each other. Yeah, so we get us, and COVID has been very good from the point of view of saying, Okay, guys, you all get, get a time out, you need to think about what you're doing on this planet.
0: Yeah,
1: you're doing in your life, and some people freak out because they're addicted to all the distractions and things that they do. And some people just go, you know, if you can't go outside, go inside. And the deeper inside you go, the more in- incredible you will recognize your life is and has always been and will always be. But you only get 100 years if you're lucky. You know, and then billions of years, nothing. 100 years of I'm a human being. Yeah. Billions of years of nothing. What do you want to do with your time on Earth? Yeah. And okay. at least you want to enjoy it super, super, super enjoy that dust, water, oxygen, and light got, put, got mixed together to make you and you can have the human experience, all the human experiences. So that's the solution. So on the one hand, yeah, we're on a, we're, we're on a disaster track. But on the other hand, there's a solution to that disaster track. And it's inside of every human being. Yeah, Home, Homework we need to do.
0: We can all participate. That's that's the bright side is we can all do our part. Absolutely. Oh, that's yep. that's really well stated.
1: Yep.
0: Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a whole bunch of oil. Uh, shame again. Shame on me for not having tried it. For not being. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna get some. We'll link to it in the show notes. We'll make sure. I mean, honestly, I we I. Um, uh, I think it's something that, that my, that me and my family would absolutely benefit from. Um, um, we're going to start using it. So, uh, where can yep. people, where can people find out more about the work that you do or the products that you sell?
1: Okay. I have two websites. One is udoschoice.com. So U D O S choice.com. That's where I talk about the products that talk with digestive enzymes, probiotics, greens, fiber, uh, the oils, and there's information there and places in different countries where you can get it, and uh, why we make them the way we make them. And uh, so that, that, that's, some, that's basically the product's website. And the other website is theudo.com, T-H-E-U-D-O dot And that's uh, all my education material. We have some courses on it, and we do some certifications for certain courses, and we're just, just still building that. I've been working on that for a couple of years. But that's, uh, yeah, I've been working with oils for 38, with nutrition for about 28, no, uh, yeah, 28, 28, 25. And this website, the, uh, the educational stuff is, is um, basically a couple of years, although I've been thinking about it since I was six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been working on it. F- yeah. I have a book called Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill. Um, that's, that's my big oil book. Very, It's a really good book. And uh, I have a recipe book called Omega-3 Cuisine that, that I did with a celebrity chef. And, uh, and then I have a book called The Book on Total Sexy Health, The Eight Key Parts Designed by Nature, where we talk about how human nature works, because everything affects health. So your awareness affects health, your life energy affects health, whether you're in touch with it affects health, whether you're inspired affects health, whether you're Uh, You know, food and fitness affect health and sleep and rest and detox affect health and floating affects health, (laughs) right? And then there's survival smarts. They affect health, how you deal with crisis. And then people, the people you hang out with affect health. The environment affects health and the big picture of knowing that you live in a terminal condition called the human body for a short time in an infinite universe and being okay with, with that, and living your life in peace, knowing that, those are basically, and each one of those has a different nature and a different function, needs a different kind of attention, goes off in a different way in response to a different kind of intervention. If you want to have the best health, you have to give every part of your being and your surroundings its due. Hmm. That's the cherished state, fully present in all of my being and my surroundings and not lost in thoughts in my head. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Nice. And then you can, then you can live the good life I
0: love That's. it uh, the the last question that I ask each one of my guests is a fill in the blank um, and this this can be anything and you can you can elaborate or as much or as little as you wish um, so mm-hmm. if you would everyone would benefit from knowing
1: the the magnificence of their own existence you
0: know. <laughs> Udo Erasmus, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast.
1: All right. Thank you. This was fun.
0: That was great.